You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co-host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are so thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we have a very special show that is near and dear to my heart. As a lot of you know, I lost my retired service dog, Morgan, on March 12th of this year. And Morgan, who most of you know is a golden retriever, was just shy of his 13th birthday. And today we wanted to honor Morgan. And we want to talk about his life and celebrate his life and all of the people that he touched and and all the wonderful things that he did. And I really call this a tribute to a golden boy and celebrating his big little life because he certainly made such an impact on me and, and so many others. So today, joining me in this celebration are two of some of my most favorite people and two people who are very close to Morgan, which is his puppy raiser, Carol Shoffley. Carol's from Michigan, and she was a Paws with a Cause puppy raiser. And the other guest we have today was Morgan's human dad and my husband, Franz Freibert. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Carol and Franz to the show. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco with Healthy Pets Go. Enter the code WORK10, W-O-R-K, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. I play tennis because I love to. But inside, I want to win. Take away the court, the net. I might not be a player, but I'll always be a competitor. Lady Foot Locker understands that. Lady Foot Locker, the first to carry Adidas off-court shoes and the gear that goes with them. If you play your best, there's no regret. Lady Foot Locker, one place, every woman. Go to LadyFootLocker.com and enter the code AFWRK1LF to get 10% off any order of $50 or more. Or enter the code AFWRK2LF. To get 15% off any order of $75 or more at LadyFootLocker.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. 
For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery. Or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And today we have two special guests, Carol and Franz, and they're joining us to talk about my retired and now deceased service dog, Morgan. So welcome to the show, Carol and Franz. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I know this is a, a hard thing to talk about, and I know I've been wanting to do this show for a while, but for me personally, I had to wait a while before I could get through a show and, and talk, and I hope I can get through it today without crying, but um, Morgan was just such a gentle force in so many people's lives, and he just meant the world to me, and I just want to honor him and, and all that he did. And Carol, I was hoping you could talk with us a little bit about, tell our listeners about when Morgan was born and how you came to be his puppy raiser. Well, Morgan was born on the 1st of May, 1998, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, his father was a dog named Gleason, and his mother's name was Darla. He was in a litter of, I'm thinking, eight and they all had M names. Um, Morgan, Mocha, Mitch, and Monica were dogs that went into the program that went through all the puppy training and went up to what we call puppy college in Grand Rapids at Paws of the Cod. Now, the first time I saw him, he was two and a half weeks old, and he had just gotten his eyes open. He and his siblings, litter mates, were crawling around, and he was the youngest puppy I'd ever seen. So that was pretty exciting. Then when he was eight weeks old, he came home with me, and we started training. First, he was taught his name, and then he was taught his house manners to go outside and go to the bathroom. (laughs) And he was just so wonderful. He was a little ball of fuzz when he came home with me. He weighed 10 pounds. Oh, I can only imagine what an adorable puppy he was. And I know that's the one downside for me of of getting a dog that's two years old is I don't get to see that and smell that puppy breath that the puppy raisers get to enjoy. And I can only imagine how adorable he was. But he came home and I had a golden retriever that was retired. That was my son's service dog that I kept after he passed. And... Morgan bonded with Mindy, I mean, and before they came home, there was 
talk of naming him Mork because I had Mindy, and I just couldn't go with that. I didn't think he looked like a Mork. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I didn't know that, Carol. That's a new story that I didn't know about Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, every once in a while, something will trigger a memory, and, (laughs) and there you have it. I mean, it just comes and goes, I guess. Well, I know one of the things that you did for me right after I got Morgan was you sent me a baby book of Morgan, and it was all of his time with you before he went to college to actually become a service dog. And I just, that is such a treasure for me to have that. And I just love when puppy raisers do that for their recipients because it was such a wonderful glimpse into his early days with you and all the fun that he had and all the hard work that you did with him to make him into the amazing service dog that he became. Well, he was a pleasure to raise. His only real problem was he wanted to be a sled dog and pull. So, But he wasn't the only one in that litter that felt that way. So we worked on that a lot. But it's when you raise a foster puppy, it's just basically taking them out and socializing them, getting them used to noises. And, and he was so good at it, he wasn't afraid of anything except the vacuum cleaner. He never <laughs> did like it. Well, he continued that up until he tolerated it in his adult life, but but he never did like it. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you talked a little bit about how you started training him. So how did that escalate, Carol, into some of the other commands? What all were you responsible for teaching Morgan? Well, I was responsible to do basic commands like sit, down, stay, and come, and he was very good with all of those. He loved Mindy, and he would do anything she did, so he kind of followed her around, too. But he, as I say, he was never afraid in public. He, I would take him to a restaurant and put him down under the table, and he'd be sitting there and talking and eating, and then when it was time to leave, I'd call him out, and he'd come out, and people around would say, oh, I didn't know there was a dog in here. <laughs> so that was always a good thing. He he never was ill-mannered in public. He was always a good boy and loving. He was such a loving boy. Yeah. Yeah. He, Morgan was so focused on his work. I, I think I totally agree with what you're saying because, you know, in his adult life, he was my second dog, as you know. And my first dog, Ramona, had such a different personality. She loved people. She was so social. She loved big groups of people and anywhere where there was an opportunity for her to get petted or possibly get a treat. She was all about that. And Morgan was not. He was all business. He was focused on his job. When people would want to touch him, he reminded me of the little boy in a Christmas story because he'd be like, don't bother me. I'm busy. You know, and he really (laughs) was that way. He did not want to be distracted at all, which was, you know, I wondered if that was a golden retriever personality or if it was just his individual personality. Oh, I think goldens are a little, a little quieter, a little more focused than the Labradors, but the Labradors can be really good too. But I, this recalls a memory of the first time I met you at the airport and there was Marcy and Morgan. I said I would wear a pause t-shirt so she'd recognize me. And I went up to her and talked with her and she said, you can pet him. 
Well, you don't usually pet. Well, you don't pet a service dog in, in public. It's just not done. So I thought, you know, if I give in to this and pet him now, everyone will think they can do it. So I declined until we got home. But it was really wonderful to walk behind the two of them and watch Marcy would do the commands and tell him where she wanted him and everything. And he just, I mean, he was so in tune to her. And that's so rewarding. Yeah, he, but then, he, he was amazing. I was just going to say, I remember that day so well. We were so excited that you were coming out to visit us in New Mexico from Michigan. And we didn't know what you looked like. So I was so <laughs> glad you were going to wear a Pause with the Cause t-shirt so I could find you. But it was just, it was such a proud day to share with you. Morgan as an adult and what he was meaning in my life because as I shared with you that day Carol it's only because of Morgan that I was able to drive an hour by myself to the airport in Albuquerque to pick you up and that I could feel safe to be out on my own as a wheelchair user with my service dog to do those things and that is what puppy raisers need to hear and to focus on because we raise the puppies and we love them dearly but you have to keep in mind there was someone out in the world that needs that dog more than you do. So you're so glad to hand them over to a, a good, capable person that's going to love them and be their companion, and they'll help everything, you know, help them out in every way. Well, I know, and I, I get that question. That a lot of people will tell me they think it's so wonderful, the concept of assistance dogs, but they could never be a puppy raiser because it just would be too difficult for them personally to raise a puppy and to train it all those basic commands and then have to hand it over to someone that they really don't know. And I certainly can respect that, but I'm so thankful that there are people like you, Carol, that can understand that, the importance of that, and do that very difficult difficult, but such an impactful task of raising these amazing animals and, and handing them over. And Franz, I have to ask you if, about your memories on the day that Morgan came to us, because Morgan was delivered to us on April 12th, 2000. And, and I wanted to ask you about some of your memories of that day that Morgan arrived. Well, I, I remember, let's see, when, when, I think it was a phone call or something. Someone came and told us we were at home and someone came and told us that Morgan was there. And when we came outside, I remember uh, seeing this uh, beautiful dog and it was an older gentleman. I think his name was Don, who was his uh, field trainer, right? Don and Danny. Right. That was correct. Yep. And I remember Don getting him out of the vehicle and he was so well behaved and so beautifully groomed. And when I was trying to remember when Don brought him up to you, he just lunged at you and came up to you and gave you a big hug. And it was just so amazing to me to watch his response because it was as though he knew that he was going to be your service dog. And, uh, and it, it was so nice to have him around because he was, uh, like I said, a beautiful dog, had long hair, wanted to romp around and celebrate being, I guess he realized he was at his new home and uh, that he was uh, working with his person. And um, and even with your retired dog at the time, which was Ramona, he was just so uh, respectful of her. And you could tell he was excited, but yet he still knew his job. 
and uh, he was uh, very aware of being responsive to the situation. Yeah, I so remember that. I remember you and I, and uh, you're right, we did get a phone call because they were very concerned about how we introduced Morgan to Ramona, they being the field trainers that you mentioned. And I thought it was so interesting. They had me come out of the house and leave Ramona inside. And you're right, Franz, I remember Morgan heard my power wheelchair. Because I remember they were taking him to the bathroom after he got out of the car because it was a, a long drive up from Albuquerque. And I just remember him raising this regal, most beautiful golden retriever head that I had ever seen. And look at me. And you're right. He did. He took off running and he jumped on me and he plopped one paw on one shoulder and one paw on the other like I'm home. I'm here. Let's get to work. It's awesome. And that was his attitude from that day forward. He was just the most loyal and dedicated. I mean, up until the very last second of his life, he was still in that, this is my job. This is what I was born for. And it it really was, was amazing. Yeah. So, and so Carol, I want to ask you, What's your favorite memory of Morgan? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I enjoyed the day I came and saw him again as your service dog and not my puppy. <laughs> and he was in the living room with me and I was petting him. And you were in the kitchen and you moved the kitchen chair with your chair and it made just a little noise and he turned and left me like, hey, I'm real sorry. I've got to get to work. <laughs> and he, it was just wonderful. It, it just, it makes you know why you raise these puppies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, and I also remember when you came, and every time that you came to visit, because I'm so happy to tell our listeners that Carol tries to come visit us every year, and we look so forward to that, to having a week with her. But one of the things that Morgan loved every time Carol would come to visit is to smell her suitcase. Yeah, <laughs> he would love to smell it and I just wondered so much of what he was thinking and what all that was bringing back to, to his memory of, of all those smells from your suitcase from Michigan well I was always pretty sure that he could smell Mindy but I think maybe he wondered what dogs were there in his place oh okay. there's another smell here I don't know this one <laughs> yeah that's a good point that's a really good point well I know he loved that and and he always loved seeing you. It was so sweet to see the two of you on the couch together because he really, you could tell he remembered you so well and loved you so much still, which I just thought was so beautiful. He was an exceptional boy. Yeah. Well, we're going to take just a quick break and hear some really important messages from our sponsors. And we hope you'll come right back as we continue talking about our golden boy. Come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Whether they're big, small, hairy, or whatever, you're going to need gear for your feet. And Kids Foot Locker's got all the great shoes and gear that'll get you in the game. Go to kidsfootlocker.com, enter the code AFWRK1KF to get 10% off any order of $50 or more. Or enter the code AFWRK2KF to get 15% off any order of $75 or more at kidsfootlocker.com. And cover those funky feet. FTD's network of over 40,000 florists around the world have been creating beautiful handcrafted arrangements for 100 years. Each arrangement is delivered the same day and backed by FTD's 7-day satisfaction guarantee. For a century, people have trusted their most important occasions to the flower experts at FTD. Since Pet Life Radio is all about puppy dogs and flowers, our listeners, that's you, can get a 20% discount on your order. Just go to florop.com and use the code WORK1234 at checkout. F-L-E-U-R-O-P.com, code word W-O-R-K-1234. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets. Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And I'm talking today with Carol Shoffley and Franz Freibert. And we're talking about Morgan, who recently passed away, my second service dog. And before the break, I had asked Carol what her favorite memory of Morgan was. And so, Franz, I want to ask you, what's your favorite memory of Morgan? That is so hard to say because we said we had so much time with him. I'd have to say just... Uh, impressions of him being uh, very focused on his work, being a very considerate uh, dog because he came into a situation when you had a retired service dog, Ramona, and he adopted a very, uh, like I said, respectful attitude towards her. He definitely considered himself uh, uh, not the alpha, but uh, a beta. 
and uh, they had a dog, so he, he, he knew his place in the household. He uh, handled the cats. We had three cats at the time, and uh, I remember he, he did very well with the cats. He, he also took a submissive attitude towards them. He uh, just enjoyed life so much. I remember um, see, seeing him so many times um, playing in our backyard, rolling in the grass, although he knew better, but he did it all the time. Just He loved to play. He loved his toys. Every time I would come home from work, he would uh, he would greet me with the toy and and fully expect at least ten to fifteen minutes of my attention. He pretty much demanded it to play and uh, celebrate me being home, which I did really appreciate. But on the other hand, you know, he played really hard, but he also worked really hard, and he was, like I said, very focused on his work. And uh, he did such a good job to. Uh, no matter what the situation was, no matter whether we were on at home or on travel or doing, you know, out of the house uh, in an distracting environment, he was always very, very much focused on you. And uh, so I did appreciate that in him and his work. Yeah, he definitely, I, I just am smiling at everything you're saying because I just can visualize him and he was just such a, we called him a playboy, but he was also so focused. He loved to play hard and work hard and he definitely was toy motivated. He definitely, and when his younger days toys were definitely his first priority as he aged he got a little more interested in food (laughs) than toys as he got older but he definitely was just such a he loved his schedule and his routine he loved like you said Franz of knowing that you were coming home at the end of the day and that you were going to focus on him and play and he he just he really loved life he loved every second of it And he did that up until the very end, which I just think is so, it teaches us so many different things. Because not only did Morgan teach me about loyalty and devotion and work ethic, but he also taught me about being home and being thankful for being home and being with my family and my pack. And that, and that family was, was me and you, Franz, and our aunt and our cats. And it was Ramona, and then it was Whistle when he came with us after Morgan was retired. And I have to say, you know, for Morgan, when he had to retire, he did not take that well. And that was when we all learned lessons again, um, because unfortunately, Morgan's health was failing him. And he had some real health challenges in his older years. He was really healthy up until he was about, I guess I would say, seven or eight. Would you agree with that, Franz? Correct, yeah. Until his allergies and other um, health issues got the better of him and we had to manage. As you said, his schedule changed. What he was able to do changed. He wasn't as able to do as much. And, uh, yeah, he, he just, you know, unfortunately, there were additional struggles he had to manage um, as he got older. Yeah, and it just became really clear to us that he could no longer work um, when he, it was just really hard for him to make it a whole day. He was getting tired. But the whole process of bringing Whistle into our home, you know, I really get 
why organizations really encourage you to try and find another home for your retired service dog, even though for me, that was the hardest thing in the world to agree to. And we didn't have anyone that we felt could take Morgan, nor did Franz and I really feel comfortable with that because we were so dedicated to Morgan, just as he had been dedicated to me. There was no way I could hand him over to someone else. But it was a challenge in bringing Whistle into our home and developing a relationship with Whistle while still honoring Morgan's place in our house. But I have to say, Franz, I feel like we really did that up until the end, and it was work. It was. It, it was a challenge, and we, you know, the, the struggle obviously was recognizing the two of them as an as engaged members of the household but uh you know it, it was always it, i found it somewhat entertaining when you would give whistle a command and morgan felt that whistle wasn't as responsive as you needed and he would either one bark at whistle um because he felt like he should uh be on top of it more, or Morgan would kind of uh, push Whistle out of the way and do it for you because he knew exactly what you needed and uh, he wanted to respond to your needs. Yeah, and he was always watching Whistle. And like you said, if if Whistle didn't do it to the standard that Morgan felt like it should be done, (laughs) he would either give, he would talk some smack to Whistle (laughs) and tell him, or he would act like you said, he would do it himself. And he did that up until he passed away. He really did. And (laughs) and poor Whistle. Whistle took it well, but but he definitely... Was was given whistle the business if he didn't do it like he thought he should. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, you know, with losing Ramona, it was a very different experience than losing Morgan. Ramona actually passed away pretty quickly, and we lost her within a day, actually, of of her having a health issue. And Morgan's experience was much different, where he slowly slowly his health diminished and he actually passed away um, just about a month shy of his 13th birthday. And I've often thought about those two losses and those experiences and how different they were. And I've thought of the pros and cons of, of both of them. But I have to say, you know, it was so hard because we did have to make the difficult decision to euthanize Morgan. And that was so difficult because I felt so guilty And I wanted to make sure that we had done everything we could. We had exhausted every possibility and that it was the right decision for Morgan. And I have to say, Carol, when Franz and I felt like we had exhausted everything and Morgan was no longer eating and it was apparent that it was the end, I just could not thank you enough for the conversation you had with me the day that we made that difficult decision and for being a part of that decision because I will never forget calling you and telling you what was happening with Morgan and you telling me to let him go. Well, when an animal gets to that point and he had had a a wonderful life, I mean, I couldn't have asked for him to go to any better place as a service dog, but when there's nothing left you can do and they have no quality of life, Making the ultimate decision to let them go is a gift. And humans don't get that. Sometimes, you know, people will suffer for many years and have no quality of life. But 
with an animal, you're you're fortunate enough to be able to make a decision like that, and it was the right one at the right time. Well, I can't tell you how much that meant to me personally because I thought I was going to call you and you were going to tell me, oh, you need to do this, this, and this, and you need to keep trying more. And I was just so surprised for you to give me that relief, you know, and it really was a relief and it really was you know, just to, to hear you, who was his first mom, and his mom, really, you know, to tell me that that was okay meant so much to us. And because I did feel, and I know Franz felt this as well, that we had such a responsibility to care for Morgan because of the amazing care you had given him, Carol, and that Pause with the Cause had invested in him with his advanced training that I just, and I feel that way about all my assistance dogs, that I feel such an overwhelming responsibility to make sure that they receive all the care that they deserve, all the medical attention, you know, to make sure that they are able to do their job and have a quality of life. But to have you tell me that I had done all that and it was time was just so freeing. Oh, I believe truly that you went over and above anything that a lot of people would have done. They would have given up much sooner, but he was so important and so special to you that you gave him every opportunity. Well, and I have to tell our listeners that Morgan actually, um, he did really struggle with whistle. And so what we found was that Morgan really liked to wear his backpack and so he was pretty much homebound because of his health issues. He had lost almost all of his sight. He had lost almost all of his hearing. But he still loved to put his backpack on every day. And I work at home. So he would actually come and lay in my office with me. And he would think he was working. You know, he really would. So actually the day that we knew we had to say goodbye to him... We dressed him in his backpack and we went to the vet's office and we had talked with our vet at El Dorado Animal Hospital and our regular vet, Dr. Mert Byrne, was actually out of town that weekend and we knew that things were getting very, very serious for Morgan and we knew it was coming to an end. So we had talked with Mert before he left town and Dr. Leslie Isert, which we call her Leslie, she was going to be um, working that weekend and we knew her well and she knew Morgan. And so they were all alerted to, to what might happen. So we had, we had called them and we had talked to Leslie and told her the decision that we made. And we talked, Franz and I talked with Morgan about it and shared with him what was happening. And it was just the most beautiful, beautiful thing that we all were aware of it, you know, and and it was heartbreaking, but it was as if Morgan was aware of it and as if he was ready. And we dressed him in his backpack and he was as proud as he could be that morning. And he walked into that office as a working dog and as a proud working service dog. And it's, it's really hard for me to share, but beautiful for me to share that he actually... When he was euthanized, he was still attached to my wheelchair, and he was laying by my side, and Franz and I were with him, talking to him, thanking him for all that he had done for us and for so many others and all the lives he had touched, and it was just a beautiful release of his spirit, and it was it was just really 
amazing. And I felt so humbled to be in his presence and to be loved by him and served by him for so long. And, and I just think that it was really the most beautiful and, and ultimate way that, that we could spend our time together and to say goodbye to one another. So it was very difficult, but very beautiful. I'm almost speechless. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as hard as it is to say goodbye to Morgan, and, and as, as I said, it's taken me about two months before we could do this and have these conversations because it has been just so, I've been so raw of losing him and, and trying to also, you know, come to terms and, and come to a point where I can celebrate him and talk about him without breaking into tears. And I'm happy to say that every day I'm getting a little bit better at that. And I'm just so thankful that, that Franz and Carol would come on and be with us today to, to talk about Morgan and to celebrate him. And, and I just, as, as our time is so limited, I, I do want to ask you two, um, one last question. And, and that is, if you could each tell me, what do you think was the greatest lesson that you learned from Morgan? And Franz, I'll ask you that first. <laughs> the greatest lesson. I think I said earlier that, um, I felt like Morgan was a very conscientious being. He was um, aware of his surroundings and aware of other other beings, you know, humans as well as other animals. He he was very engaging with animals. I, I remember uh, seeing him uh, one snowy morning. Uh, we heard I heard him barking in our backyard. And I was interested in why he was barking because. At that, I think it was probably five thirty, six in the morning, or something like that. And I looked, peered out the window, and he was, uh, he, he was barking at a raven who was in a tree outside the yard. And so the funny thing was just seeing him engage with the raven, and the raven engaging with him. So as I said, he was very aware of the of his surroundings, very engaged with other other beings, whether they be animal or human. Uh, so I think. That awareness uh, that he had uh, was something I, I really learned uh, was important. He would often uh, sit and kind of gaze in the backyard and listen to sounds around him. So he was very uh, engaged in the world and contemplative, which was, uh, I thought, quite interesting because uh, Whistle and Ramona like to play, and that, that's how they engage the world. But Morgan was more engaged through, uh, it's almost like a, a thinking process. And now uh, being a thinker myself, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and so other things, the importance of work, the importance of play, the importance of uh, just people um, and, and um, how one considers life, I found to be uh, something that Morgan brought to me. Yeah. Other than that, the importance yeah. of play. Like I said, he, he loved to play. He thought that was very, very important. And it was important to engage you in it as well. <laughs> you had to participate in it as much as he did. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I, I know. I, I, 
the first day he came to us, I'll never forget. And when he, like you said, Franz, he rolled in the grass and the dirt and then jumped on me. Yeah. And I was so used to my to Ramona, who was a demure little girl that did not like to get dirty. And so it was very apparent to me that I had a very different personality and different creature on my hands that, yeah. as you said, like to work hard, but like to play hard. And we all needed to do that. And that was a, a huge, huge thing he taught me as a person who tends to work too much. So, uh, Carol, what's the greatest lesson that that you learned from Morgan? Well, he was a very devoted dog, and I guess love. He loved you above anything, and he wasn't afraid to show it. He was always there, always in tune. That was the amazing part to me. I mean, you could be half a room away, and which you usually didn't get that far away from him because he was always with you. But he would he would know what you were doing, what you needed, and he was devoted. But you were just as devoted to him. You loved him just as much and in many of the same ways. Yeah, I, I yeah, there's no question. And I you know, and I have to say that that's the thing that having an assistance dog has been such a, a remarkable experience for me personally because I never realized that I could be so close to another creature, to an animal, and have such a bond. I can't articulate that bond, but, you know, the way that they look at me and when they look in my eyes, and especially when I'm happy or when I'm sad, they know it, and they're right there experiencing that with me. And not only are they experiencing it with me, but they're helping me get through it. And I, I always felt that with Morgan, and I felt it with all my dogs. And it's, but with Morgan, it was just so instantaneous. There was no bonding time that it took for us. I mean, we were instantaneously bonded and connected. And I have to say, with my other two dogs, I've had to work at it, but not with Morgan. It was there immediately, and he was he was a rare impact on my life. I mean, he really was such a joy and such a void in my heart that will never be filled in not having him every day. It's definitely a void in our home and a, a void in my heart. So one of the things I, I do want to also talk about really quickly before we we end today is just how much it means to someone who has lost an assistance dog to have friends and family members come forward and and be so loving and and share their experiences and their respect for your assistance dog that's passed away. And I know sometimes people ask me, you know, they don't know if they should send a card or if they should make a phone call or, you know, and say that they're sorry. And I really encourage people to do that because it was so touching to, to Franz and myself of the outpour of condolences that we received from people, people that we really didn't even think about that Morgan had touched or he had made an impact on. And we received so many cards and flowers and other wonderful gestures um, from people that just meant the world to us and really helped me to get through the loss and to really process Morgan's impact on the world. And I just can't thank people enough for that and encourage people to do that for other people who lose their assistance dogs because it is a very different experience. And I can only liken it for myself as becoming disabled all over again. 
because it's that traumatic for me personally to experience that loss because of what my assistance dogs do for me and what they mean to me. And I also have to thank Franz because when I lost Ramona, I didn't think I could get through losing another one. And when I lost Morgan, I felt the same way. But Franz was adamant that I get another assistance dog as soon as, as Morgan needed to retire because I think he, you felt like I wouldn't get a dog because it is so incredibly painful to lose them. But what they bring to your life is so incredibly powerful that it's worth the pain. And it's worth getting through it in order to have that with you every day and to live such a higher quality of life because you have this animal. And I thank you, Franz, yep. for that. <laughs> hey, thank you for saying that. No, I, I, I truly do believe they, they just add so much possibility to your life that you have to, you have to give yourself that, that possibility. Um, for for improvement, for engagement, for yeah, just being a, having a better quality of life and having more engagement in life. That's true. Well, and they aren't. A lot of people don't realize that they're not a pet; that they are an extension of yourself, and they become that very soon after you first get one. Get a service dog. And it's so true. It is such a different different relationship. And it's hard to articulate it, at least it is for me, because as a person with a disability, it just, it it enhanced my life more than I ever could imagine in so many different ways. And I just, I, I thank you so much, Carol, for being a puppy raiser and for being such a wonderful Wonderful person, and and for your all that you've done because you've raised, haven't you raised ten? I've raised dogs? twelve. Twelve! Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, it just it's just so incredible, and I just can't thank you enough for that, and for all the educating that you continue to do to help other puppy raisers and to help people in getting their assistance dogs and and having those wonderful experiences. And Franz, you're the best dad ever. I couldn't ask for a better life partner and a better dad for my assistance dog. So thank you so much. I love you more than life itself. And I I thank you and, and honor you for your respect of my relationships with my working dogs. And Whistle adores you, as in all my dogs have. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you to our listeners for being with us. And I thank you for the the calls and and cards that you've sent as well. That just means so much to me. And I just thank you and just honor everyone that trains assistance dogs and everyone that receives them into their life is just such a gift for everyone that that has a chance to interact with these incredible animals and if you'd like to hear more information you'd like to learn more information about service dogs and assistance dogs please feel free to visit our website workinglikedogs.com and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and you can read our blog at workinglikedogs.com and I love to get your questions, comments and ideas for other shows and you know you can email me and Whistle at marcy m-a-r-c-i-e at petliferadio.com so thank you so much for being with us and we hope you'll come back and join us again real soon take good care let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com